we're talking about this the first slide which is like here's eight things that you won't believe about gpt4 and then we're like buzzfeed and then now it's like well those buzzfeed websites like buzzfeed is even in trouble because you don't need a person to make like listicle clicks anymore exactly oh the glasses i it's it's (laughs) thank welcome to (laughs) accelerate daily yeah (laughs) where things are moving so fast you need goggles yeah Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Accelerate Daily. It's Monday, May 8th, 2023. I'm Adam. My name is Mackenzie. We have no Star Wars quotes today. And we are here to round up the last 24 hours in AI. If anything interesting happened, otherwise give you, I don't know, some links. <laughs> uh, I say it that way because I, someday, sometimes it's a slow, it is a slow news day. I don't think that's the case today. We got some really exciting stuff today. We skipped over our... Our uh, our arc here at the oh, start, did. our title slide. Bad host. Yeah. So After making it, I wasn't like, this is cool anymore. <laughs> I forgot that we do this as, as a segment. So, uh, yeah, what's our mid-journey? So, yeah, this was made by one of the... I, I was looking at him on LinkedIn. I couldn't figure it out. He was one of the co-founders of Reddit. Uh, yeah, Alexis Ohanian is actually the artist. Alexis Ohanian. Um, yeah. He, yeah, co-founder of Reddit. And uh, many other things. He has, I think, a TED Talk out there that I enjoyed where he talks about designing the, the logos of his company like really early in the process and how much that's a like, constructive way to find out what you're doing. Like he designed the, the Reddit robot that everybody knows. But the idea that like, a tool exists now where you can just do that brain part of it, like throw that type of thinking into a thing on a Monday morning and say, and, and, Here's something cool. Yeah, and but be done by Monday. Is, and loop uh, no other workers in. So check out that link to see what we're talking about. But anyway, we, we buried the lead. It's, it's uh, I think he called it Stylish X-Men. So you got Wolverine, Storm, and Deadpool imagined like their Metro. It's from their Suits cameo. On the, the way to work on, in Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suits cameo. <laughs> anyway. Good stuff, though. There's also, on this title, it looks like we're finally on all podcast platforms plus Spotify. Those are coming soon for the last couple of days. Oh, yeah. We're up everywhere now, so I got to remember to promote them. I've been sort of not doing it because you couldn't go to all the places. But uh, yeah, we're up everywhere now. Okay, first up, headline. Oh, no, it's a tweet. GPT search. Yeah, this is a tweet from Rowan Chung. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. He hears this. It says, Google's in trouble. I got early alpha access to GPT-4 with browsing and ran some tests. Here, here are eight crazy things I found. <laughs> so for the people that were here for the cold open, um, that's how we ended up talking about the eight crazy things I found. Just funny seeing that format turn into a way to get us to engage with a thread. Yeah, You won't believe anyway, number seven. It's so nice we're going to talk about it twice. <laughs> but hey, it works, right? It's good writing for a Twitter thread now. It's just funny that the origin place was BuzzFeed figuring it out with all of those goofy, you know. Um, But it's a good thread where uh, he runs through a bunch of use cases for a new chat GPT feature where it can browse the web. So you give it a link and it can ingest the information on that website and then work with it in terms of booking a vacation was one of them. Yeah. There's some, I'm reading through the things. Um, I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but I see some technical limitations I could talk about or like things that just concern me because I've been working on this technology too. So 
there's um, like this guy, he's, he's a hyper. That's his job, right? He hypes stuff up. Uh, his second point is about summarizing a page and grabbing links from it, which is totally possible, but it um, can fail if the page is especially long, right? GPT-4 only has an 8,000 token attention limit. This is something that we're going to be talking about later on today, uh, like expanding that attention limit, but GPT-4 is only 8,000 tokens. So if a page is very long, it might not be able to read everything. So the summary would, in fact, be wrong. Um, so just watch out for that one. It's not a panacea, right? Um, and then seven was recap top performing stocks. So just pointing that out that we're going to be talking about stocks um, a couple times today. Uh, so yeah, it can analyze stocks from like the last day and figure out if it's still a good idea to buy it or not, which is just like that is a much more mind blowing feature to me being able to um, interpolate financial data for a layman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it goes back to something we talked about last week in terms of the plugin system mm -hmm. and like the ecosystem that creates, because if this feature exists inside of their system, that means you can solve the problem that you were just talking about trying to solve. And it doesn't mean that they've eaten your product, but you still get to live at the layer of building the thing on top of it. Mm -hmm. Really cool. Like I could be a stockbroker and then, GPT-4 can say, here's top performing stocks. And I can say, okay, buy X, Y, and Z. And then they use my plugin to purchase that. So I could collect a commission from anybody using GPT-4. I've been using like robo-advisor software, like Wealthfront, stuff mm -hmm. like that since it existed. But it's obvious that it hits this layer and then probably gets weird. Because who knows, you know, like we've been trying to do sentiment analysis effectively for a really long time. It doesn't surprise me that the second it works, it's like, ooh, Oh, wait, <laughs> that feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels like we're there. So. so definitely check out the rest of the thread. We only talked about two points and there's six more. So go check there's that out more. on Twitter.com. <laughs> Next up, introducing GPT dot 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 financial. Chat GPT can pick stocks better than your fund manager. TV news this is yours. Yeah, so this is interesting because it's a common myth that like a goldfish can pick stocks better than a financial manager because as a financial manager, you're so close to like the work that you do and you're so in your expertise that sometimes you get emotional about your decision making. So sometimes you get so emotional, you, you get fear of missing out and you get um, other kind of biases like this that you don't always make the best decisions as a fund manager. So ChatGPT is a tool for like people to kind of get around that industry or if you're smart and you're in the industry, it's something that you can use to kind of validate your hypothesis and increase your own performance take the emotion out of it. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting thing at the space of like, we sort of, again, it's, it's what happens when this stuff hits knowledge work, right? And it's going to feel weird to a lot of people. I feel like our job is partially to act like we expected this, but like, not so much we expected it. It's just, I can't believe it's here so fast. Mm -hmm. Of course, computers are better than people at this, but it forces you to acknowledge like the line between sometimes and never. And the idea that you can actually program something to not be evil. Like, what's the Ethereum saying? Can't be evil. Yeah. <laughs> but like, the thing about being human and having emotions is that like, we like to pretend that they're not involved in all of the decisions. And a lot of people, lawyers, for example, like are, are literally trained at how to step outside of the thing. But it's never 100%. You're always, you're always being driven by this like, you know, emotional, like evolutionary 
squishy emotional reaction machine mm-hmm. that has all these biases that just they're built into your brain because they helped you procreate, you know, generations <laughs> prior. This is this is one of those like brain breaking points where you mm-hmm. say, but we could make but but code can never do that because it, we can it's literally recognize impossible. it and pull it out and say, okay, I can't do it. Yeah. Anyway. So of yeah. course it's better at pattern recognizing to decide what stock might work um, on some level. A lot of people that. A lot of people that are listening to this are probably going to be high performers, and high performers are often going to be the last people to learn the lesson that all of decision making is emotional first, and then we logically justify those decisions. And we're generally not we're not that good at it. <laughs> well, we can justify everything, but the emotions are not. Yeah, they don't make the decisions for us. Anyway, it'll get weird as this stuff starts to eat banking services and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and part of, you know, I, I say it like that to be a philosopher and whatever, but like realistically, algorithmic trading has existed for a while. Mm-hmm. We the, had to put laws in place to keep algorithm, algorithmic trading from causing flash crashes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah the top performing fund in the world is a quant firm, um, medallion fund, right? So there, like, that's already been proven to be good and now everyone gets access to that. So that's really exciting. What I expect to see is regulation. Only certain people can then execute these decisions where you have to talk to a person that's like an expert first. So something along those lines. Next up, MRNA designing AI. I, I've, I tried out like five different things for this and I couldn't come up with anything good. This is the, that's the broad way to say it. The headline, this is from Nature. Rem, quote, remarkable AI tool design MRNA vaccines that are more potent and stable. This is AI hitting a place that I, I'm going to get all like self-promotional and put in a link to an old episode of a podcast where I talked to somebody about this. But like the fact of what we can do with that type of biological technology now gets us into the space of like 3D print vaccines. Like you can kind of just think of it that way. Like that's where it's going, right? Vaccine. Try it. <laughs> or like, so mRNA is is a viral load. It changes your DNA so that you have you produce these antibodies to this vaccine that you wouldn't otherwise have, right? So we don't have to do this population culling. We don't have to lose the economic output of these people. Editing genomes on the fly by AI is like I, I need my goggles for this one because that yeah. is a tool <laughs> that can help us do things like cure senescence. Curb, like this is the thing. This is a development that might make us live forever. That's certainly the hope pushing any accusation that we're in a bubble right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, more broadly, they, they, in mouse studies, they got like 128x in terms of like immune response to a COVID virus, I think. And then also it doesn't break down on the shelf. So you don't have to work so hard to keep it from dying. Mm-hmm. So we get that's, <laughs> 128 that's, increase in efficiency and then mass production stability. But what's happening here is the AI is doing recombinatory tests on molecules to, you know, or, or biological systems. But, you know, it's, at this point, it's genetic code when you consider this and CRISPR and all kinds of other cool things. Anyway, it's a rabbit hole we don't have time for. Check the link out. Uh, they go into the, te- into the tests and the results and stuff like that. This is one of those ones that you need that, like, plug-in that depends in mice. Yeah. Will it work or not? I don't know. But the cool thing is that we have things like these mRNA companies like Moderna that have operationalized the the infrastructure to create that type of vaccine. 
we're about to live through a really exciting time of getting to try all kinds of shit. <laughs> so you do need your goggles for this one. Yeah, that's a goggler. Okay, this last one's yours. Okay, yeah. So open source news. Um, I so- called it that because it's just, I'm just going to leave this slide in here because <laughs> there's something every week at least. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> So yeah, so last time, I think the last time that we talked or maybe it was on Thursday, we talked about that leaked Google document where the Google engineer said that OpenAI is going to outcompete any kind of proprietary VC-backed model. And that's what we're seeing now. Um, so this came out yesterday on May 7th. This is called MPT7B by Mosaic ML. So this is a new open source, commercially usable. That's a big thing. That's really exciting for me because I like making uh, LLM. It's not by OpenAI. It's not by Google. This is just an open source thing. And so this document where they're introducing it talks all about how they trained it and the capabilities. So it's a 7 billion parameter model, which is very, very small. And this can run on a cloud GPU with 40 gigabytes of, um, of graphics RAM, right? So it's got to be a GPU, but in 40 gigs, you can run the whole model at once. And what's crazy about this is that the way that they trained it is different than any other proprietary model right now. So we get a 64,000 token uh, limit on requests and potentially more. In testing, they went up to 84,000. So to give a sense of scale for that, the book that they use for testing, The Great Gatsby, is 65,000 tokens. So if you have an 84,000 token attention limit, you can put the entire book, Great Gatsby, in and then write half of The Great Gatsby 2 in a single request. We also link to a YouTube video yeah. <laughs> where a guy is just generally stoked and uses it for the first day. Oh, it's, it was, it, that video got funny by the end. He used it on his local com- machine. That was his local yeah. computer. He didn't use any cloud. Right. Yeah. So this it just is, ends going, wow, I did not expect this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, like to draw attention to his local machine, that, that means that you cannot turn this off, right? If you could run it locally, then you have to round up every computer in the world to turn something like this off. So this is kind of like, the breakout event of intelligence to me. This type of proliferation is why I'm constantly saying to people, this is like a BitTorrent, Napster. If you lived through Napster and you feel like that rolled out and became a thing, you probably lost the story somewhere around Apple Music and Spotify because like, who cares? You get the music at a attainable price or for free with ads. It kept going and it evolved into BitTorrent and BitTorrent is so unstoppable as a way to trade pirated videos that they gave up trying to enforce it. That's how Unless you really, um, really go big. That's that's the same <laughs> oh. story as this, because the way that Llama leaked, and so Llama from Facebook leaked, and that's how we got open source models like this, it was linked or leaked through BitTorrent. One of the researchers decided to just hope it, post it on BitTorrent to share faster, because it was a very large file. And because it was on BitTorrent, he couldn't control who was accessing it. And then now it's out there. Out of the box. <laughs> Forever and ever. It's, it's, uh, so I'm I'm really excited to try this out. I want to get it in right away at GPT Boss and start testing this thing and start testing like cloud hosted inference and stuff like that. Uh, so that I'm not totally reliant on OpenAI. I love OpenAI's products, but to like give people more options and um, that that huge attention limit is going to be so crucial. Like we can't even start to talk about the things that you could do with that. Yeah, the video talks about like there's there a, a really good example for this one. Imagine being able to have a, a virtual. Dungeon Master. I mean, you as a Dungeon Master could create vir- virtual characters the same way you do. Like anyone that hasn't played D&D, like taking on Dungeon Master is to come up with a bunch of characters and backstories that these people run into and then you just, you describe it to them. But like if you're, I've seen people wing it and they're good. 
I've also seen people really plan this stuff out, write out the backstories, give it to you in a thing to read ahead of time, which is fun. You can take that whole backstory, put it in an LLM, like in a, in a single, you, drop, you can drop a whole Gatsby's worth of backstory into a thing and then just say, okay, uh, this character is going to respond as if Gatsby. Yeah. With, with that, you guys have at it. <laughs> with that kind of attention limit, you can have character backstories for like 100 or, or maybe 200 characters, which is above Dunbar's number. Like it's more people than you can handle. It's more people than you can remember. But the computer will remember every single one of them. And it'll always be absolutely perfect responses to any given situation. Because it, it's not just backstories. Like we could put psychological profiles in there and we could put wants and needs and unmet needs and traumas. Right. So a, I'm working on, a, on an AI storytelling tool as well. It's magic journey. Uh, that's the reason yeah. this aspect of it is, is mind blowing. This is where it hits English class, right? Yeah. You could spend a whole year studying like, like a whole, you know, you do a whole unit on Gatsby. It takes multiple conversations to talk about the nuance of this book in the, in the context that we understand it. You can fit all of that in there. Or textbooks. I wonder if they're, or textbooks, same deal, right? Instructional versus this is this is uh, man, goggles, yeah, <laughs> goggles and di- goggles and dice bags. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's accelerate daily for Monday, May eighth. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Everybody that jumped in the live stream, if you're on the podcast. The link to the live stream will be in the description. I've been Adam. I have been Mackenzie. Thanks, everybody.